Welcome to Visma Ski Classics podcast, Livigno to Levi. Visma Ski Classics is the long distance ski championships with 12 pro tour events and 35 pro teams, bringing professional and recreational skiers together. We will analyze the events on the tour, portray the legends of the sport, and help you to become a better skier. Once again, it's time for another episode of Livigno to Levy, and I have a really, really special guest here, as he is the first Pro Team Director of the Year, and he comes from uh, München, Munich, uh, Germany, and he is Sven Munch. Welcome to our show, Sven. Hello, Temu. Yes, I'm fine and come actually home from my work, and uh, I'm now happy to be a guest from you and in the Ski Classics podcast. When you started out, you had a, a, a team that had a name for Forever Nordic, which I liked very much. But now you have a little bit of a different team, different name, correct? Yes, we was last season uh, Try Nordic Coaching because uh, Forever Nordic uh, was a long time uh, our name because Forever Living Products was our main sponsor and then uh, last season we was without main sponsor and uh, I try with my friend, an ex-Ironman champion, uh, the project Try Nordic Coaching and that's the reason that we was last season Try Nordic Coaching. <laughs> How was the season when you think about the the anniversary season, 10th uh, year in Visma Ski Classics? F- from your perspective, yeah, how was that year? Uh, the perspective from my side was uh, with my team. I was not so happy with the ranking in the team uh, result list, but uh, it was um, also nice to be part of it. But uh, from my side was the team ranking not so good. <laughs> but I had also nice results in small races, not in the Pro League in Fismasi Classics, but in Dolomitenlauf with a victory, in some podiums in Challengers, and a victory in the Eurolopet uh, Ganghoferlauf. And this is uh, one point what me make a little bit proud, and I'm happy about this. But in Fismasi Classics, the ranking is not that what I hoped so. <laughs> Do you have any perhaps like a reason for it or why do you think that you guys didn't perform as well as you might have expected? Oh, I think uh, the level in Fismaski Classics is uh, very, very high. And uh, for the, especially the teams in Middle Europe, it's, it's hard to be uh, challenging uh, against the top teams. And that's maybe a problem. And uh, yeah, because the most guys must work and then go out for training and this is so hard and then the level from the i think it's maybe um five teams on a so high level and we have no chance to go for victories or top results it's just, but it's also nice to be part and uh racing against the skiers how much did your team change you know from the previous year when you were called the for, uh, team forever nordic in terms of new skiers, uh, yes, we had uh, new skiers, and we tried with uh, with Stefan, the Ironman uh, ex Iron Pro. He was skiing in Ski Classics, and but he had no shines. And Patrick Ottlinger was an ex Pro cyclist, and uh, he was very good in the 
small races in Eurolobbit and Niels Bayrich was also good in the small races, but uh, in ski classics, uh, we had no chance. <laughs> and there were other uh, German teams as yes. well. You are not the only one. You used to be the only one, but yeah. uh, not anymore. Is that a good thing? for you or do you see it as a, as a kind of a competition that it's uh, too uh, tough to to face all in all uh, it's for me very very good that we have so a lot of teams that's uh, show me that we have uh, um, that's the sport is very good and uh, yeah i think uh, three teams or more teams are very good but uh, i think it's If you have so a lot of teams that's uh, in Germany or in other countries like Austria or Italy, that's not so professional if you have many teams. But uh, I think the most teams do it with her, with the hurt and with passion. And yeah, that's the thing. And I think we have not only three teams in Germany, we have also the Adidas XC team. I, uh, I saw it what... Uh, These guys are doing in Eurolobits and some other skating races. And I think uh, that's the good thing that we have a lot of small teams. But uh, man, uh, we must say it's not uh, professional teams on a high level. I think that's, um, that's uh, teams um, uh, with amateur niveau, with a very good amateur niveau, but not professional enough <laughs> how much do you yes yeah. of course that's yeah. uh it's understandable lots of good teams but how yeah. much do you guys communicate with each other uh maybe even cooperate work together yes uh, i think we are the, uh, the other teams we are when we see us at the weekends at the races we uh, respect us and uh, all guys do the best and uh, i i'm happy when i see the all guys do it with passion and we have more and more people's in skiing, especially long distance skiing. And that's good. That's a good thing for me. And that this makes me happy. And how is long distance skiing in Germany at the moment? Cross country skiing and uh, long distance skiing, especially long, long distance skiing. It's um, on a good way, but um, it's hard to motivate some skiers to do it <laughs> because you need a lot of training and discipline and Yeah, it's a very hard sport, but it's always fun to go out long, long uh, training sessions. And yes. And I know that you are an avid uh, skier yourself and you always uh, talk about having a ski race, uh, Wisma Ski Classic ski race in Germany as well. So yeah. you're like a torchbearer for that particular uh, uh, idea. But how do you see that? I mean, at least uh, König uh, Ludwiglauf is now the challenger event. Yes, that's a good thing. That's uh, König Ludwiglauf and Challenger race. But I need, maybe, uh, or I'm missing an, uh, König Ludwig as an in the Pro Tour. Like uh, Kaiser Maximilianlauf also in Austria. It's also close to König Ludwiglauf. And I'm, what, I'm missing this races very much because it's close to our hometown. To, uh, and uh, that's our home races. And uh, I'm missing a lot this races, especially König Ludwiglauf. This race is very, very in my heart. <laughs> but and the Challenger is very good. That's last season was in the Challenger, but uh, that's maybe the the thing that we have uh, problems with the climate and not so. It's not guaranteed to have snow every year. 
and that's maybe uh, in sync what uh, we have problems in or well, we will have problems in the future with this I mean, thing. Lauf is it is a nice race I've done it yes, myself here many course. times yeah. uh, but uh, when you think about your country uh, do you think that it could be uh, another race that could join that could be a little bit more safe in terms of snow for long distance skiing it's very hard in germany i think it's only könig ludwiglauf and maybe we must uh, work for artificial snow that we can make there and race there but i we have in the end of the season skadi loppet in the bavarian woods this is also a nice race with uh, and this is a tough race but uh, for ski classics at the moment it's, it's the only races for long distance skiing what i think so when you think about ski classics and the tour, the bro tour and last season, you mm-hmm. just talked about the German races, but what are your favorite events in the pro tour? My favorite uh, event every year is Vasa Loppet. I love this race. I love the country Sweden. And uh, this is a race where I love it so much. And that's uh, no other race comes to uh, Vasa Loppet <laughs> for me. And when do you think we'll get a German uh, winner uh, or maybe even a podium skier? Thomas Freimuth is the one who has the best results yes, so far. Yes, I support I him. Uh, where he racing the best German time in Wasserlobet, where poor Jürgen Brink had the record time. I was supporting Thomas. Yeah, but uh, I think this was the maximum what we can do in Germany with this result. But I think uh, for podium, we don't can't, uh, can speak about this. <laughs> Maybe one day, you never know. Yes. Uh, yeah, then we must working hard and we must uh, m- uh, make the sport more professional. And we need maybe more sponsors to have, ma- have maybe a talent to support him to this. So let's talk about the work, the actual mm. work that goes into, first of all, running your team mm. and then... you. Uh, for your athletes because you guys are facing a bit of a uh, predicament a problem because you are in central europe close to munich you don't have that much uh, s- uh, snow there compared to the scandinavians yes um, the most of the training is uh, roller skiing and athletic training and running and now in my uh, we a little bit uh, cycling and then uh, if you have no snow, you can maybe training in October or so on the Dachstein Glacier in Austria. And um, But uh, the problem is the most of the guys have to work. And then we must find uh, a weekend or a week where we have holiday and can make a training camp in these areas. Or like Livigno is also every year nice to train in the altitude there. Yeah. yeah. But uh, the most of the training, I think, for long-distance skiing is, in my team, 80% on roller skis. Didn't you actually roller ski to the uh, the, the Munich uh, Oktoberfest once? Yeah, this was a crazy idea for me for two years to get maybe a little bit sponsors. And I was with the Lederhosen on Oktoberfest and make a film with the GoPro. <laughs> and yeah, that's maybe a step to make the sport interesting and yeah it was a lot of fun and i think this needs the sport you need fun and uh, goes maybe to oktoberfest or with the roller skis or racing in munich with roller skis 
that's uh, the thing. Yeah. Let's continue that train of thought. And you mentioned that fun, that is important, that we have fun and we always keep the sense of humor. When you think about your work as a pro team director, I know that it's been tough because you've, you've told me about it many times, uh, how tough it is to, to find sponsors and, and so forth. But could you please shed a little bit of light on the work that goes into putting the team together? Yes, um, yeah, it's very, very hard to be a pro team director. And uh, if you work, and I, I work as a truck driver in a spedition, and I work every day 10 hours, and then I come home and uh, organize the team and uh, have contact with the athletes. And that's a very, very hard challenging for me to motivate every day the athletes and, uh, yes, and organize it all. And yeah, that's that's the thing, and a very hard job. And then, what about the winter time? You know, if you are a truck uh, driver, are you just taking some time off from your actual day day job? Oh, I I work every day, and then uh, I spend my holiday for the races and drive like uh, to the Livigno or to Marcia Longa on Thursday or Friday. Then I um, make waxing tests and preparing the skis and organize all and the hotels and the accommodations and all together. And then I'm so happy when the athletes help me a little bit with social my social media working and other things. Yeah, but it's really tough. <laughs> Don't you ever get tired? Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> yes, um, but um, maybe uh, sometimes I think to me I'm a machine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's let's uh, let's talk about that. Like be, being a machine yeah. a little bit. Uh, what else? I mean, sponsors, of course. Uh, your team, waxing. Uh, what are you doing now in terms of getting the team together for for the next season? Yeah, last season I have also started uh, the Skigo German distributor, and uh, I make also the Skigo wax. Uh, distributor in Germany, Austria and Italy and this was the start and this has made me a lot of fun and now I hope I can work better with Christa Maybeck and Skigo and uh, for the next season uh, we are open for sponsors. Last season we tried with Dry Nordic Coaching and but this was a friendship and uh, we are open for a new main sponsor and uh, I'm always looking for a new main sponsor and other sponsors and I open for all and maybe we have a new name next season we will see what's happened how do you find sponsors what is the process for you when you go out there and and, and search for I new think interesting uh, people uh, to work with I think for uh, looking for sponsors is in every country so tough and uh, I try it so a lot with uh, sponsorships and uh, but I think the right way to get a sponsor, you need a personal contact to some friends and maybe you you find a sponsor he, who likes also skiing, like uh, Stefan Palm in Lager 157. Yeah, and then, uh, or Koteng also, he have uh, Koteng, the, the guys uh, was in Seefeld and then the athletes was trained one week with the sponsor and that's maybe the, the right way if you have the personal contact and uh, make training camps or you go with the sponsor to the races and for me it's uh, Stefan Palm a little bit of hero and 
yeah, that's the way that's uh, Lager 157. So good, I think so. And he Lager uh, f- uh, find and sponsor who loves cross country scheme. And of maybe, course, he's a passion. Uh, maybe I find it in Germany, but it's really hard. <laughs> Yeah, of course, he's passionate about uh, cross-country skiing yeah. and long-distance skiing, uh, much like you are. Uh, Let's talk about the uh, the athletes and scouting people. Uh, Lager 150, uh, 157 ski team, they have really good skiers, and it's yes. easier to find good skiers in Sweden, yeah. which is probably not that easy for you to do in Germany. Yeah, I have an eye for, eyes for, for talents, and I saw also Emil Vukov, I think it's the... Most of the talents, uh, long-distance skiers. And in Germany, I saw also last season one or two young skiers who have, have uh, the potential to be a good skier. But the problem is you need a sponsor to give a little bit more support to the ski skiers that they have a motivation to racing Vasa Lobbit or much longer or other races. But I saw one or two very, very good uh, young long-distance skiers last season in the small races, like Dolomitenlauf or Cisatalauf in Italy. And uh, I have also contact with them. But uh, at first, I need a little bit. Uh, I need a little bit money for sponsoring, and then I can talk with the skiers. So maybe next season we'll see some new talent uh, in your team. Yes, I'm in touch with with uh, one skier and I hope I can motivate him for ski classics. Let's listen to what Patrick Odlinger, a pro team athlete, has to say about his captain. So last year was a season where everyone was trying to figure out how things work and what to do and yeah, that really showed in the results, I guess. Also because I haven't had a lot of people in the team haven't had really any experiences racing ski classics. So that will hopefully be better next year. Sven is so passionate about skiing that he even needs to be stopped at some point. Because every, he makes everyone nervous before the races sometimes, at least for the big ones. Because he's so excited to get the race started and have everything prepared perfectly for us. That he makes it hard for us athletes to to really focus on the race but that's that's part of Sven and that's what part of really makes him special and we usually really love about him. It is really important to have someone on the team like Sven who knows cross-country skiing, long-distance skiing so well and it was crazy at Vasalope this year. I think he was alone and he managed to provide drinks and nutrition for 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 us for the for the athletes seven times and he was completely alone so i think that's that's totally crazy and that shows how how into it he is so sven when you listen to your teammates and they say a lot of good things about you how does that make you feel do you think they're right yes this makes me happy and uh I have also last season in La Venosta a very, very good thing from McLean. And she's coming after the race to me and uh, was saying to me, oh, I had so amazing rockets, so fast skis, and thank you, thank you very much. And just the little things make me so happy when you have this in your team. And where did you actually find her, American skier? That's really nice that you brought her in. Yes, yes, the thing is, 
McLean sent me an email last, last season that he is uh, at work in Munich and uh, she is looking at, uh, at the team. And I uh, was looking for a second uh, girl in the in my ski classics team. And then I meet Mac and I saw he's uh, she is a very nice girl. And okay, let's do it. We can racing ski classics or some other races. And will she be doing more races next season? I hope so, yes. But now actually she's train, uh, running and a little bit roller skiing. And I hope she have motivate, uh, motiv is motivated to racing more races next season. But she is loving more skating, actually. And maybe she's racing uh, Engadina also or some skating races. But it's okay. Well, that remains to be seen if she will uh, do more Visma Ski Classics uh, I races hope so next season. That we can all together uh, racing more Ski Classics races. But also on my to-do list is Dolomitenlauf. I was last season there. This is a very nice race, and I will racing this races and then the main events and our highlights much longer and Vasalopet. I hope we will be in, uh, with the whole team there. We have been talking about uh, your team quite a lot, but what is your story? How did Sven Munch become a pro team director? How did you be become in involved and how uh, involved in skiing and why cross country skiing? Yeah, I, I was burned with the skis in Oberhof uh, '98, and uh, I was uh, with Axel Teichmann and Jens Filbuch in the training group, and I was with six or seven years the first time on skis, and my my uh, life was every time with cross country skis and yeah i was in the in the junior national team in germany and then i uh, meet after 10 years out of professional skiing thomas freimuth in bavaria and he told me he is a long distance skier and i don't know what is it <laughs> and then i was the serviceman and support him a little bit and i come back to the skiing and then i formed my own team Team Forever Nordic, and now this, this is the thing, and I love this. I love uh, long distance skiing more like the normal cross county World Cup. <laughs> you mentioned that you were a pretty good skier yourself in a junior team, mm -hmm. but when you go back to those days, what is probably your best result in skiing? I was 99, uh, the second, second place in the uh, German national race. This was the best place. And then in Continental Cups in sprint, I was very strong with Dirk Lesson this times. And we had a group with René Reishauer. He was um, junior world champ with Ron Spanut before Axel Teichmann. And I think we had the best training group ever in Germany in this year. And this uh, this was it. And, and this was my best results. And then I've don't uh, have a chance to come in the World Cup team because Angara and uh, Teichmann, Filbrich, Schlitter, Schlickenrieder, all, I think all the most guys now, these guys, was a little bit better and I finished my career. <laughs> But then when you learned about long-distance skiing uh, yes. from uh, Freimuth, yes. did you try long-distance races yes. yourself yes. at that time? In the first year, uh, for... Uh, By uh, beginning with Team Forever Nordic, I uh, racing also and before also uh, some races, but uh, this is too tough if you manage a team and support skiers and work normally, then this is uh, 
too tough and then was my reason I'm too old for this and I will give young skiers my experience and I will make good skiers uh, fast skis and waxing service for all and will promote this sport in Germany this was my goal and when did you actually hear about or learn about Wisma Ski Classics this was amazing and one goal of my life was uh, a one time finish Vasa Lobbit and uh, this was maybe for five years and <laughs> this was uh, and for eight years where I was with Thomas Freimuth in Vasa Lobbit this, I saw the family the atmosphere from long distance skiing and ski classics and I was falling in love with the sport Let's talk about Wisma Ski Classics and the future of course, we are facing some tough times uh, all over the world yes. because of the, uh, the coronavirus and whatever happens, uh, we don't know. But what things would you like to see uh, taking shape in Visma Ski Classics, the development? We, we have to do more for the young, for, for the, uh, young athletes, um, maybe an extra flower ceremony for the young guys and um, maybe a little bit uh, more prize money for the use bib or something and i think also we are in a good way and it's very very nice to have every time or, or everywhere skier of the day that's a good thing and maybe we must do it also for the use skiers and uh, with, with a little bit uh, extra motivation when you know what i mean <laughs> and this is uh, the thing that we must looking to the youth skiers because we uh, it will become one time that is all Anders Auckland and the legends will finish the career and then we have young skiers like Emil Vukuev or other young skiers and then we need not only the a lot of prize money for the top stars maybe also for the youth generation. But this was a really good year in terms of uh, youth because we had so many young skiers, Max Navak, Emil, Emil uh, Parson, uh, the Swedish uh, the ladies and, and uh, Team Rack, the Eiendom girls and so forth. A lot of young, talented uh, skiers out there. Yes, and uh, maybe if we found a solution that these skiers have uh, more motivation and have maybe an extra flower ceremony with a little bit more prize money. Do you think that uh, there are enough good young skiers in Germany? Yeah, that's the problem. Maybe we 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 can bring young skiers to ski classics or to cross country skiing, but the problem is uh, this this sport is so expensive when you traveling around Europe to this. And if you have a um, motivation for more for these skiers, then we are on the right way, and then we have more youth skiers like these skiers. You were actually the first winner of the Pro Team Director of the Year Award. You got the title. You were the first one. Yes. But when you got it, how did that make you feel? And did it help your, you and your career? Oh, this was just amazing. It was so great to be the team director of the season. And uh, I was so happy. And yes, and I'm so very proud about it. And I think these are the small things what we must do to uh, improve ski classics and uh, motivate all others, all, also the small team directors and the small skiers. And yeah, for me, was it um, very, very nice. 
And uh, yeah, but in, the problem is in Germany, it's the skiing sport not so interesting and it helps me not so to uh, get a better career as a team director. But I, for me, it's very, very nice price. I'm so proud of it. What would you say is the uh, best thing about being a pro team director and then the hardest thing? The hardest thing is to manage all and uh, uh, keep the team in the races motivated and uh, organize all. That's the hard thing. And I'm also happy when I being part of ski classics and so so a lot of skiers from other countries and we do the same sport and we are be happy to see us and help us again. And I think that's one of the sports where all guys help together and it's not so like in football where you playing against the other teams and for me it's this that we have all fun and if you need help from other teams you get helps like this in Livigno we have a crash in the start with the Lucas Bauer team and I give the other uh, the Alex Janerud two pools in the races and I think this is the one of the things what makes me happy when we help us together. It is like a big family. Yes. Everybody knows yes, uh, of course. each and other. The, and, and this is the this what me make happy when I be at the races and all guys are smiling and help together. Yeah. Now let's take a moment and listen to two pro team directors who have also been nominated for the pro team director of the year award. And they are Gustav Kuskren from team Ramudden and Markus Walser from team BSV Ibex. And this is what they want to say about Sven Munch. I met him for the first time four years ago uh, and he was the first uh, pro team manager of the year and uh, he was he was really deserving it because I think he was uh, enthusiastic <laughs> you can say uh, I hope I will see him more next coming season I really like him I have a really good memory of him when uh, we was we were racing Koenig Ludwig Lauf uh, two years ago and he uh, he was giving me a ride around the course and we were feeding our athletes and uh, yeah, he was crazy and the police said so also. <laughs> in my opinion, Sven did in the last few years a very important job in Wisma Ski Classics. He started as one of the first team managers from a German speaking team and he's always active to develop our sport in German speaking countries. He shows together with his team that they are hard working but also has a lot of fun to be part of the Wisma family. What actually makes a good pro team director? What qualities are needed to run a team? Yeah, you need for a team pro director, you must, you must be hard, you must be, uh, work a lot, and uh, you must do it with passion and your herd must be 100% um, cross-country skier and uh, you need team spirit and you must form a team with spirit Yeah, and you must working hard. This is the thing. 
And then from your perspective, from a pro team director's perspective, what makes a great long distance skier? A great long distance skier is if you train hard, a lot of hours the whole year, and uh, you, you must have a plane with your equipment. You need uh, good skiers and uh, you must prepare self or alone your skiers and then um, yeah, you must train hard. That's the most thing. You, I think you doesn't need so a big talent as long distance skier. You must train also uh, hard. And if you train a lot on uh, uh, roller skis and skiing and a good athletic training, then you are on the right way. And then you must spend a lot of time in technique training and uh, you must uh, uh, looking to a technique and this is the thing what you need for a good long distance skier and then also you must uh, take a look what you uh, are eating and uh, this is the thing you you must uh, have a healthy body and you must eat good and then yeah you must looking that you are be healthy in the winter time and the most thing is train 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 this is a good segue to to training yes. i wanted to talk to uh, talk to you about training yes. and long distance training and your team's yes. uh, training methods and you mentioned that you guys spend a lot of time on roller skis but let's talk about it a little bit i mean when the summer comes and the fall comes and the training camps what do you guys do and what kind of trainings do you undertake? Also, we, uh, we have in the weekends um, the most hours of training with roller skiing because when you must go to work from Monday until Friday, you have not so much time. Then you must go maybe for intervals training in the from Monday with Friday, maybe in the summertime one time, and then in the winter time or in Oct uh, from September October two or three times with intervals. Uh, under the week and a lot of endurance training in at the weekend and i think um yeah you for double pooling it's perfect with roller skiing and you don't need so much snow because the you it's also good with roller skis for uh, double pooling so where do you guys have your training camps close to munich somewhere yeah actually uh because we have the uh, COVID-19 situation, we don't uh, can can plan for it. But uh, last season we was in Ruppolding that's closed from Munich or one time in the summertime in Livigno. And I hope so. The coronavirus uh, will be um, empty soon. <laughs> and then we can go maybe to Italy for training camps or Ruppolding or closed Munich. So, so we can meet us again and train together. But actually, we have no plans for training camps, and I will. But um, I hope we can plan soon for it. But uh, it, the most guys train now at home alone. Assuming that the the situation will get much better, and you get to have a chance to have those training camps, you mentioned the long distance, uh, the endurance yeah. uh, workouts. Yeah. What are kind of typical? methods that you guys use uh, when you do endurance besides roller skiing yeah you can go in bavaria in the mountains and running maybe three hours in the summer times or four hours with a little bit breaks inside and then trail running yeah in the mountains and 
running in the city for one or one and a half hour. And then uh, in the weekend, the important thing is to uh, go roller skiing a long time. Maybe in now in May, June, July, three, four hours. And then maybe in September or August, October, long sessions, like five hours. And then you, then you will be good prepared for the winter. Do you join your team members when they do those five-hour-long yes, roller ski trainings? I have also at the moment, I have maybe 400 kilometers on roller skis. <laughs> and it's good for me also. And I, But when I go with the guys roller skiing, then I have faster wheels because the young guys are too fast for me. But I go also out. It's very good for my head and for my body. <laughs> what is the longest roller ski or skiing uh, exercise or workout that you've done in your life? Yeah. 100 kilometers. Did it five until 10 times in the, in the summer for six years ago. And I was also to Christmas in Munich roller skiing for five years, 100 kilometers, but easy. <laughs> and this is the thing when you will get prepared for Vasalobet, then you need these sessions with a uh, Maybe five hours or six hours roller skiing. Those are those are long long trainings, long workouts. Yes, of course. Yeah, but it's other training like in the World Cup. This is uh, for like for Vasa Lobet and Bergbeiner and Marcia Longa. But if you don't uh, get this training, you have no power to race three hours on a high level or five in Vasalobet last last year, four hours by new snow. That's very hard. And then you need in the summer for these situations a lot of hours on roller skiing. What is your favorite workout? If you think about the uh, the trainings that you've done, what is something that yeah, that's, you always liked? That's why my favorite workout, five hours roller skiing when I be fit. That's my favorite one. I go with my backpack out and have a lot of drink inside. And I have a big tour in Munich with three hours until six hours. And I love this to roller skiing in Bavaria. It's my favorite, yes. But since you live close to uh, to Munich, so do people ever like look at you kind of weirdly? That Who is this guy on, on roller skis? <laughs> yes. When I go in the first half hour of roller skiing, I go, roll, uh, I go out from my home and roller skiing, the most guys are looking, what's this? And, but then after half hour, I'm out of Munich and then it's easy. It's nice streets and nice roads and then I can train good. And uh, Patrick and Mac also lives also in Munich and I show the the tracks for good roller skiing stations and we have a lot of roads here where you can go to roller skiing. So Sven, of course, no one knows what the future holds, you know, for us as we are in this kind of a weird uh, state at the moment. But what are you wishing or hoping to get from the future first the, the of course the the immediate future which is the next season but then of course the kind of the longer term as well oh i wish me that we can improve fismaski uh, classics better and better and that we have a lot of uh, pro teams and uh, maybe we have uh, we do more for the small teams 
And uh, because usually the Fismas Classics is interesting for the top teams, maybe five teams, and it's um, on a high level. And uh, it's good for these teams, but uh, the other teams must fighting every year for sponsors and get money. And maybe we found a solution with Fismas Classics together that we can do more for the small teams. And yeah, I have some ideas for this also. And maybe uh, we can talk with... Uh, ski classics with all team directors about this but what we can do if you have some ideas please go ahead and tell us we're all ears yes maybe uh, this is what i had uh, a long time in my head because uh, the um, tv money like the, in football or in triathlon or in some other big sports uh, must be maybe going to all teams a little bit maybe a little bit percent to all teams in a ranking, maybe in TV money for, for the best team a little bit more and for the last team a little bit uh, from this uh, Fismasi Classics pool. That's so an idea for me. So we have maybe uh, not so much uh, uh, money for the starting places and so can, we can help uh, small teams uh, in the Ski Classics. Because I think uh, we have a pro tour with maybe uh, five top teams and uh, they can make the sport professional and the other teams fighting every year to get a little bit sponsors and so and uh, I hope so that we have a long time so a lot te a lot of teams and not that we have uh, in the future only five teams in ski classics and then we can talk about the TV money from the ski classics maybe for a little bit and uh, not the price money but the TV money so that have all teams a little bit for, for, from this point interesting ideas of course um, mm -hmm. but that won't happen for the next season so uh, mm -hmm. what is your plan for your team and for yourself for the next season my plan also my goal is to be a part of a pro team again but uh If in the moment, at the moment, we can't say that we uh, be a part of a pro team because I need a sponsor to can pay the pro license and start money and a little bit waxing stuff. And that's uh, so my goal that I find a sponsor to uh, can part again from Ski Classics. But I'm in good contact with one or two sponsors who are interested to be the main sponsor. And then, um, but at the moment, I can't say, uh, is it safe or not? And then, but if you if we have a good sponsor, then it's no problem to be part. But and otherwise, we must going maybe one year racing in Eurolobits. Is it generally speaking, how much money does a team need to be able to uh, do most of the races or be part of a Bismarcky Classics? If you need, a, or if you like a racing all races, then you need a lot of money. And I think for every athlete, you need 5,000 euros for the athlete per season for accommodations, traveling, training camps, and start money and something and per athlete. And if you have uh, 10 guys in the team, you need 50,000 euros. But uh, I think that's um, money for maybe the top 10 team. And if you have a team like a German team, then it's in small money also good because the uh, most of the guys pay all alone 
for the races and yeah and if you have not the money you must uh, you can't go to all races that's the thing and maybe uh, my idea is a good thing to speak about all team directors and uh, ski classics and maybe we found a good solution that we help us all together of course help is always needed and it yeah. is tough particularly after uh-huh. these uh, challenging times yeah uh, is there anything else that you would think is helpful for smaller teams than just like spreading out the money and and uh, support but the most thing is uh, i think fismaski classics uh, works very very well and um it's very very nice uh, tour with fismaski classics and uh, all guys from fismaski classics uh, make a very well job and uh, we found everything new ideas like the uh, pro skier of the season and uh, we have nice interviews before the race and na- after the race now we started the podcasts and i think we are, have a fantasy team and that's all things what don't have world cup and uh, the world cup and i think that's the, the most things are very well from fismaski classics And also what the World Cup doesn't have is the recreational skiers, the huge masses of of people participating yes. together uh, with, the, with the pro teams. But one thing, uh, I, I, I have one thing, because um, pro skiers from the all pro teams have every year um, problems in races like Marcia Longa and uh, Vasa Lopet, and I think uh, with the start places. And that's especially for me a very, very hard job uh, when uh, in much longer uh, starting skiers for my team as a pro team, a pro athlete, 10 minutes behind the other skiers. And maybe we, uh, we must change the rules that uh, we have guaranteed start place for all pro skiers without rules. I think uh, we need, uh, if you be a pro team, You uh, you have you must be have a guarantee of an elite start place in every race, and this is one point uh, where we must work hard that we have for all elite start places for all skiers, not only for the best skiers. That is a good point, of course. Yes. Uh, and then the recreational skiers. I mean. One thing is that you pro, pro team uh, athletes, and you mentioned that there's a lot of things that need to uh, need to be taken care of, and a lot of things that can improve. But regular folks, what is your sort of tip or advice to those skiers, maybe from your country, that want to come and do Visma Ski Classics races? I think uh, I or I say to the people. That's a very, very nice feeling to skiing with the pros, uh, with the best skiers of the world from long distance skiing, like uh, Östen Petersen or Peter Eliasson or Peter Nokren. And that's a nice feeling to be together with these skiers on the starting line and can racing the longest uh, races in the world. And uh, if you finish these races, you can so proud of you and. That's the one of the best feelings ever for a cross-country skier. And why is cross-country skiing and particularly long-distance skiing so great? I think that's one of the sports where you uh, can feel free. You can uh, um, 
drain for your body and uh, for your head and you have a clean head after your exercises and uh, you uh, can drain in the nature and that's uh, one of the best things in the sport that you are not in a stadium or in a hall and then you can enjoy the nature and the countries and uh, yeah that's good I think that's a really good comment to uh to, for us to finish, to wrap wrap everything up. Thank you very much, uh, Sven uh, Munch. Uh, hopefully, you'll get all the sponsors you need. You know, for the next season, you've been doing a really good good job so far. Everybody knows how passionate you are about long distance skiing, and I wish you all the luck. And thank you very much for uh, being part of our uh, program. Thank you also, Temu, and uh, I hope we see us soon. And I will say to all ski classics. Uh, mates uh, stay healthy and I'm happy when we see us soon. This podcast is a W Sports Media production.